Hi everyone, today is May 30th, 2018, and you are tuning in to episode 57 of Hungry Gaming Podcast. Before we begin, there is some housekeeping. Please remember to check out our main website, www.hungjurynetwork.com. There you can find all of our latest episodes and you can subscribe to make sure you never miss a beat of what to say. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and other affiliate podcast services by simply searching Hungry Gaming Podcast. If you have something to say, a comment or recommendation, join the jury by liking our Facebook page and tweeting us at Hung Jury Gaming Podcast. And back from the dead, Justin has come back to join the podcast for our weekly episodes, so that way our conversations can be a little more fruitful for you guys, and since you guys are probably listening to me talk by myself for a while. Might be just fine in the mini episodes, but I, ho- I wanted a little more conversation in the weekly ones. So he's back, and he's going to be joining us weekly as we discuss all of our gaming stuff. And let me tell you, this week's episode was fantastic. A lot of fun. We discussed the Sea of Thieves, the Hungering Deep DLC or expansion pack or whatever you want to call it. I'm not really sure what we should call it. We also spoke about Pokemon new, Pokemon's new game coming on November 16th. Uh, Let's go Pikachu, Let's go Eevee, whichever one you want to refer to it as. And then we also spoke about Bethesda's announcement of Fallout 76. A lot of stuff in this episode just kind of jam-packed in there. Uh, again, trying to keep it within an hour, so there's just a lot of conversation. So I hope you guys can just sit back, relax, and enjoy as we ramble on. Literally, a ramble. But you guys are going to have a lot of fun. We did discuss. Trust me. I promise. You'll like it. Figure out what we're gonna say. I don't know how I want to start this podcast. Actually, we, we could we could literally just start it like that. I have no clue how I want to start this podcast. Like, you know, like I could start like by saying we're live or all right, here we go. You know, I don't know one of those things. Oh, but, we can start off of talking about how we're both impressed of the changes of Sea of Thieves. I am impressed. I am impressed. I'm more impressed with the fact that I didn't have to wait for it. I don't know if this ever happens to you when you stop playing a game, right? And because you stop playing it, you're not like itching for like the update to come. Because like when you play the game and you know there's an update coming, you're like constantly like looking up. You're looking. I know this happens to me all the time. Like I'm on Twitter and I'm like looking. But since I wasn't playing this game for a while, it kind of just dropped on me. Like I just saw people on Twitter going, hey, hungering deep you know like got released and i was like oh oh this is nice so it was nice you know it was a little little nice surprise yeah i think the major issue with the game leading up to its release was the narrative that rare was pushing which is this game is going to take hours and hours of your time leading up to you becoming a pirate legend and when you when you propagate that type of narrative what you're basically telling your uh the people who are looking into buying the game is hey we're constantly going to have content for you here there are constantly going to be different things to do on your journey to getting there and once you do get there there's going to be established fun end game in place and uh, we've discussed at length why that wasn't the case so once you stop viewing the game that way and view it more as something that you can pop in and out of. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, the fact that I just jumped in today, I was like, hey, look, it just happens to be that there's an update. And now there's legitimately more things to do. The economy is fixed as well. We can talk a little bit about that, about how things are much more affordable now. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited about the potential of the game moving forward. And I think I'm going to view it as much more of a long-term sort of, even though I know it's not early access, sort of, it's sort of that early access feel where it's never going to really feel like a game with a, a full amount of content until maybe a year or two years from now, which is also why I hope 
that they don't, um, you know, when these new updates come out, delete all the stuff that they include in the last update. Uh, for example, this Megalodon quest, why not just keep it? Just let it ride through. I mean, uh, I get the incentive of trying to bring people in during certain periods and if you want to do that that's fine just have a specific item that they can only get like that one sniper that they have that you can only get uh, if you s- sign in within that two-week span but don't take away such a major quest that draws people in and and is one of the only um quests that uh, it's that it's like the yeah. only quest like currently. yeah that deviates like, I, from your current yeah. three jur- uh, voyages right yeah i don't i don't know if, i don't know of any other like direct quest where there there seems to be like a campaign and uh so, you know things telling you where to go objectives there's there's really nothing like that in the rest of the game i mean the most that i've seen is like what you you know what you said the whole um the little missions that you have you know those little things that you have to do uh the merchants voyages. and yeah the voyages that's exactly it now the one thing that i do know that i've always liked about sea of thieves is that and it's kind of like the same thing that I liked about Destiny. Ooh, I know. We're going there. Um, <laughs> it's the fact that it's kind of like make your own memories type game. I know there are a lot of games that like they, they kind of hold your hand and you know tell you like, hey, do this, do that, do this, do that, do this. This game is so open sandboxy that for the most part, it lets you kind of create your own memories, which I like. You know, like I, I think that that's, that that's what that's what I liked about this game. The fact that we get more content out of it is nice as well. But I'm with you. They need to keep the content. It, it Don't have it go away. Now, there are a few things that I've realized, and this has been going on for, I think, the last time I logged in. They have removed some items from the store. Um, they've removed some of the sales. They've removed some of the uh, the hulls. So, you, like, for example, the hull that I have, I think, what was it? The, the Admiral Hall, I think it is. Uh, it's not there. You can't buy it anymore. So that one that doesn't exist. So there are things that you can't buy. So there's content kind of like I guess leave like it, it it's they're removing content to add more content and I'm not sure if they're doing that to make some some level of like exclusivity for those who did manage to get it kind of like these se- yeah the seasonal stuff Overwatch Blizzard loves doing that with Overwatch um and Hearthstone and all that stuff where you know there are certain I don't know if Hearthstone does it but I know that Overwatch there are certain skins you can only get in a season so if you get the skin during that season you're you're shit out of, if you don't get it you're shit out of luck um and then you see somebody else playing with it and you're like uh grr, yeah God, hearthstone does it with the, the card backs but i think oh, you and i yes, are, absolutely yeah you and i yeah. are the same mindset there the exclusivity for cosmetic items some of that that's fine i mean that's incentivizing people to yeah. be consistent with the amount that they're playing and staying a part of the community but just you're focusing on the quest right like on like the actual like exactly. things to do okay yeah no that makes sense i'm with you i'm with you on both uh i don't i don't i don't like having i like the idea of having this content blocked off by time uh because i like to be able to say i was there at that time and i got this cool looking gun or whatever um but i'm I totally with you like the megalodon needs to stay uh do we know i don't think we, I, we, we talked before this and we i don't we didn't cover this but do we know if the the kraken is still something like is it, is it are they maybe fixing it up yeah or? i'm pretty sure it is i'm yeah. pretty sure it is that's uh, i don't know man you know what's funny a lot of people were were soured up by the kraken um i know lewis was like super disappointed and I, I, I can't say I'm disappointed because I kind of figured what it was going to be. Uh, I, I told him, I was like, dude, it's not gonna, there's not going to be anything under it. 
It's just going to be tentacles floating everywhere. And man, when I found out that it was exactly that, I was like, yeah, I, I guess I was right. Uh, Do you imagine I, I, that you fight the Megalodon and it's just a shadow in the water and when you jump in, it's invisible? Yeah, man. Can you imagine? Or, or, yeah, like it, go, like it jumps out of the water and then when it goes into the water, it just disappears. Like <laughs> it just, it's not there anymore. Uh, it would make the game incredibly creepy. That's for sure. But I think it would create a lot of people, a lot of uh, a people just gamers being upset. Um, and you know how gamers are. If they don't get it their way, sometimes rightly so, uh, it, 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 the, the backlash is usually worse than the amount of money you can spend on a developer uh, doing something. So in this case, having the Megalodon actually be visible underwater, I think was a good, was a good, something good from uh from rare um now let's talk a little bit about what exactly this new uh i guess you can say expansion it's an expansion right it's like it feels i mean a mini expansion it's a mini expansion i mean i don't think we're going to expect anything more than this uh the roadmap has already said that we're going to have a content drop which was this one and then another one in the summer Yes. So this is what this is what we should, what we should expect as uh, CFDs players. Now the first thing is what did this expansion or DLC or whatever include, and uh, we can safely say it included new sales, which is kind of nice. Uh, predominantly, Justin, I know I know you're excited about this. They're affordable sales. Finally, like we can actually afford to change the way the ship looks without having to spend seventy hours uh, doing something. Yeah, for so, a player that, like me who doesn't jump in as much as someone like you might, it's nice to be able to have a little bit of customization. And you actually alluded to this before, which I think is really smart of them. The idea that now crews can join up together based on a color and yes. new players are able to to achieve that and can spot other crews that are flying those same colors without having to spend a fortune to get the same flag or the same sails as someone else. It's great because they did actually add a flag system. So before we only had that white flag, which was kind of ridiculous considering the fact that um, it was just white. So if you'd see ships around, you know, you'd be like, which was my ship? So now they give you a variety of flags that you can fly, you know, fly. You can fly like the the cross, the what was it, the crossbones uh, with a skull. Uh, you can also flag, fly uh, like, was a checkered you know like it was like a race flag which is really nice i mean it's nice and then they have just solid colors i prefer the solid colors i think from far away it does make a difference especially if you're grouping up if you're fleeting up you can definitely say hey uh we're flying under the red banner you know like or the green banner you know and then we know at least we know justin remember when we did the 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 fort that um that we had like four galleys all there yes. at once and we'd be like dude which is our ship man <laughs> like 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 you'd be on the island or on the fort and you'd be like wait a minute wait i'm trying to get back to my ship but i don't know which one it is because we have like four galleys you know they all had the basic paint um same sails um so at least a at least the flag ups and definitely with the sails as well uh we also get tattoos and scars which you you jumped in immediately. You were like, "I'm getting them." I want yeah, one. The, the more you can customize your pirates, I mean, yeah. the, the pirates already have a, sort of a, a silly look to them. So something that can toughen them up, make them look a little cooler. The first thing I did was run over and buy some that uh, that were like pistols and swords, so I can put them all over. I, I'm trying to look badass. I want to scare people while I'm out there. Um, unfortunately. My dude looks a little, he looks a little loony, so it's not really working the way I want to. But a few more hours invested, a few megalodons killed, and who knows? 
maybe able to uh, we look a little bit more badass. We actually haven't done a voyage since the update, which I feel horrible in saying, but we haven't. So I don't really know if they've improved the economy of what they're, you know, giving for each. Let's let's say for the gold hoarders, each chest. But I, I, I'm hopeful to say that maybe with you know maybe maybe at least some sort of change. If not, I mean then. At least we can afford the basic sales. Okay, yeah. so that that's good. I mean, we can afford red, blue. I think it's like red, green, blue, white. I think black, black for sure. Black, black is available. White's basic. So they wouldn't sell white. That'd be funny. No. Um, and the encouraging thing about it too is that it seems like so. It turns out that they actually have eight content updates planned for the rest of 2018, which is enormous considering we're basically in June already. Yeah, so yeah. you're looking at more than one every month. Um, so, but it seems like it's going to be tailored towards emphasizing the multiplayer component of the game, right? This uh, Megalodon quest, you actually can't even summon the Megalodon without at least five players in your party. Meaning, even if you have a full galleon filled with four players, it's still not enough. They're forcing you to go out and yeah. to interact with other players and say, hey, let's go do this together. And what's great, just like all the other quests and voyages, the one uh, credit I have to uh, give to Rare is that they allow you to do anything Thing regardless of the level you're at so even if you haven't done any of the steps that you have to do to get to the megalodon you can still find another four people the person who has gone up to that point in the quest said hey follow me i've already done what i've had to do uh to get the megalodon and you summon it and then you can defeat it with the other four people in your party i absolutely agree i think that that's actually one of my biggest gripes with most um online rpgs or you know co-op rpgs where you play together with a friend um they have level caps or level you know pay uh, now paywalls level walls where you cannot do something with somebody else unless you've reached that milestone or you've done that quest or you've done this or that and it's i mean it's evident in destiny i'm sure it's evident in other games as well that have that same mechanic um, but it's really, really frustrating when you want to play with somebody, they buy the game and then they're locked out behind 20 hours of gameplay. Um, and you're, you just want to play a quest with them or you want to do a raid. So I, uh, absolutely, uh, kudos on rare for keeping their word too. Cause I remember the game came out and I was like, Oh man, I really hope they stick to this. Um, cause you know, people are inherently always eager to find ways to stand out and in Doing that, Rare might fall to the temptation of doing like, you know, level, um, what do they call it? Uh, uh, I forgot the mechanic behind it, but it's just pretty much level, you know. They, level scaling, they sca- right? Level scaling, that's exactly yeah. the word. Yeah, level scaling, um, which I'm glad that they're not doing that. So you, you and I, we were able to play. I'm, I think, like 25 and you're like level 12, like in general, yeah. on average. So, and that's great. And we nothing changed for us. Nothing changed for nope. you. Nothing changed for me. It was the same game. Well, same I do get experience. a little bit more rewards, which is nice. <laughs> and and I, honestly, I honestly think it'd be catastrophic, though, for, for Rare if they didn't decide to do it the way they do. Because especially with the way the game launched um, and the complaints from gamers about the level of content, I'm sure that... And this is just me speculating, but the majority of of people who bought the game have fallen more into um, the habit of what I've done with it, which is play it a few times over the first couple of weeks, right? Invest uh, 20, 30 hours in it, and then eventually say, you know what? There's not really enough here. So to encourage those people to come back, if you you come back and like you say, you have those level walls there, and then all of a sudden I can't do these grand epic quests that you're letting these other people who have been dedicated to the game, kudos to you, and thank you very much to you for helping me level up. 
Um, it, <laughs> it would just, I'd be like, no, forget it. Why would I, why do I want to put all that work in? You know, so it's, it's the gamers like you, my friend, who grind it out, who allow gamers like myself, selfish gamers like myself to, uh, to, you know, to read, uh, uh your, your rewards. So thank you. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I only did it for the damn sales. That's all I wanted. You know, and like now I they're did, so cheap. <laughs> well, no, thank you. No, actually, I don't even know if they're available. Well, no, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Scratch right. that. I did, I did it for the hull. I did it for the hull. But I the holes the, uh, are, the ones that you bought are still at the same price. Still at the right? same price. Still Which still is smart of them, I think, to not yeah. diminish your achievement or your accomplishment yeah. after all those hours. And even the sales that they released are are the ones that are 7,000 coins or gold coins or whatever they're calling them. They're not, they're not as intricate or as pretty as you know, the ones that are worth 70 or 140. Um, they're, they're just basic colors, which I still, we, we said this about a few podcasts ago that we were okay with this. In fact, we, we, we want this release mediocre things that you can customize with and let the players that are playing more get rewarded with more intricate content, you know, like, so let me change the color of my ship and the sails with basic amounts of money. But then if I really, really want to get complicated and, and look even better, then that let me do the grind, you know, like that's fine too. I'm okay with that. I mean, I, I appreciate that there are people who have more time than I do. So, and you know, they should be rewarded for their time as well, but at least have content for the little people, you know, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. The, the, yeah, let me change the color of my sales. Um, I still, there are some things though. I think the game still needs improvement on. Um, oh, before we jump into that, I just want to, the quest is, I, I the, the little that we've done, I, I think is, kind of fun i just hope it doesn't end like in, in an incredibly boring you know like we'll, we'll see I, I i i'm skeptical about it because i'm excited about it when i'm excited about something i tend to get worried because then i know that uh, i'm opening room for for disappointment disappointment yeah, yeah. so that's that but uh, for the most part the quest is, is is quite interesting you know but yeah what the game needs improvement on um i definitely think that the whole I, they improved on the whole matchmaking thing, which I like. Now you can jump into a a closed group, which I like because nobody needs to jump into my ship. I don't care about having randoms matchmake with me. But I I still think that maybe a I don't know like something along the lines of like better. I don't know. Like as a pirate game, I feel like there's very little customization when it comes to the actual ship. So that that element with me is lost. I want more customization for the particular ship. Maybe change the colors of my cannons. I thought that there was going to be a little more of that instead of like these like just general, you know, outfits that you put on your ship. Um, I don't I don't know if that would be too hard. It doesn't seem like it would be too hard to just add like maybe change the color of the mast, change the color of the cannons. It would be cool to have different cannons, you know, uh, different steering wheel, considering that we we stare at it so much. Um, so that's stuff like that. The lights of the of the lanterns, but that's all just hopes for you know for more things. There are we are aware that there are is going to be a new style of ship coming up in the summer though, right? Like I, I think that we yes. were hinted at it. Super excited. Um, I think I'm it's, assuming it's going to be for three people, considering yes, the yes. other two ships are two and four. Yes. Yeah, I think so too, and I think they should. I think that that's a perfect ship, actually. Like, I think it's like, it's going to be just the right ship. Because the sloop, two people, is fine. But sometimes that third person makes a difference. And obviously, you can't put a third person on the sloop. So I'm assuming that this one's going to be maybe a, a, a maybe a 2-2. Two, two, so two cans on each side, 
right? Maybe two masks. So you have two people like, I, th- I think it's going to be improved. So that's pretty excited. But Mano, uh, I thought it only took two to tango. Oh, no, not anymore. Now you're going to be third wheeling the whole time. <laughs> the whole time. Puns. Yeah, I'm so sorry for our <laughs> listeners. That was god awful. <laughs> and we suddenly lost everyone. Um, <laughs> if you can't handle the cringiness, you can't handle the podcast. Get out. Um, okay, an- another piece of topic for this week that I thought was really exciting. Um, and I mean, you and I have been like fangirling, fanboying, anything you can call of over obsession. This is so exciting. Um, the Switch is finally getting a Pokemon game, but it's not like just a Pokemon game. We're talking, we're going back to the roots, and I am so excited. You know, like, so. Do you want to talk a little about this or do you want me to just spearhead into it? Because, I mean, this is, Go this ahead, is really exciting. Go ahead, You sound pretty excited. I am excited because, first of all, that that commercial was just pure gold for me. Um, I remember as a child playing Pokemon Red, Pokemon uh, Blue, but I never played Pokemon Yellow. But I'm assuming, obviously, like, it was freaking awesome. So, Nintendo is finally... They're finally pushing Pokemon to the Switch. It's releasing November 16th. But the cool part is that we're going to get a game that emulates in some way, it's like obviously a very cool looking modern game, but emulates Pokemon Yellow and fuses the elements of that RPG game with Pokemon Go. So what if, what, what essentially you get is like this modern Pokemon game, right? Where you can capture, I think it's got the 151 Pokemon, which obviously, um, and you can capture these Pokemon the way you could in Yellow, but you can also take the game with you in Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go will remain the same way, but you can capture the Pokemon that way and send them to your game on the Switch. So cool. And it just fu- fucking blew my mind, man. Like, I was like, that's it. That's it. I'm not I'm not having a life after November 16th. Like, it's crazy. Um, besides all of that stuff, obviously, we get the cool fact that now we get, po- you know, this Pokemon Go game is like, I'm calling it Pokemon Go, but it's, it's Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu or Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. Uh, they're two different like versions you know so like I th- i'm assuming it's the uh, is it like similar to let me let me check it out let me just confirm they actually come, is it similar to like it's supposedly a complete reimagining of pokemon yellow so it even takes place in the same yeah. region and has a very similar Kanto, map right? yeah. yeah has a very similar map yeah. to the original as well so it's going to be a combination of the go mechanics, the obviously the the pokey balls and the the catching the pokemons the way you do there and of the core series, the, the RPG elements from there, which I think is the perfect mix because one of my biggest disappointments after a while because admittedly when the Pokemon Go craze was happening, I was uh, caught up in the middle of it just like like half the population was really um but after a certain point, I was like, man, I can't believe they haven't updated this to, to at least let you battle your friends. You know, maybe not be able to do it at gyms, but it can't, it really can't be that difficult to let you battle your friends. But the fact that now you can do that, now that all the hard work you, you put in swiping and walking around looking like an idiot outside uh, will actually pay off in game and actually incentivize us from here until now because we still have a while until it comes out to continue to catch Pokemon um, is, is pretty cool. I think it's, is extremely smart on their part because uh, obviously Pokemon Go is never going to get to the heights um, that it did during that you know three or four month period when it was just insane. And by the way, anyone who bought stock um, and Nintendo then, uh, you know, good good on you. That was smart, and I hope you sold it right after that, uh, right after it hit its peak. But 
um, this this is exciting. This is this is real smart. I'm glad they're finally porting it away from the DS. As much as I understand why they kept it there, right? Because it, it really was the strongest selling point of why you should buy a DS because you weren't able to get a main core series Pokemon game anywhere else. I think it's time to let it go. Um, I don't know the rest of the song. That's it. <laughs> That's all I know from it. Yeah. I mean, look, it's obvious that Nintendo is going to push the Switch. It only makes sense. I mean, it's it's the flagship console Fastest of the Fastest selling company. console of all time, a matter of fact. Yeah, with, with a lot of potential. And I feel like this game just fits the bill. I mean, it makes perfect sense to have it on the Switch. And the way it looks, it's, a, it's an absolutely beautiful game. And I'm with you. They are incredibly smart. They, they figured, hey, if we connect the Go system with the game itself and we release it, they have a release for November 16th. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm already incentivized to start playing Pokemon Go again. Because I'm like, all right, if I can get a, if I can get a, a Pokemon now, right, and hold it, it means a Pokemon that I'll, that I'll have November 16th. I don't know how the mechanic's going to work, but at least I can say, you know what? I'd rather have it than not have it, right? So that'd be really cool. I think that it def- they're, they're incredibly smart. That commercial, the trailer that they released, was very punchy got straight to the point and I loved it. I thought that their marketing was great. I mean, they know exactly who their mar- who their demographics are. They know exactly who it is. I mean, they they had like I think like 3 seconds of like a child playing the game and then everything else is like millennial, you know, like like our age, you know, like like anyone between like the age of like 18 to like 35 was like in the commercial because that's who they're pushing at. Anybody who was born in like yep. early 90s, late 80s you know? It's the perfect sweet spot um, between that nostalgia that's going to get players like you and I to come back to it. Although, admittedly, I don't have a Switch, something I may change because of this game. Um, <laughs> you, well, you've, you've got like six months. To go, so. <laughs> that's true. Or even, yeah, yeah. So and, um, but, but while also incorporating those Pokemon Go elements that, you know, the younger generation absolutely loves and adores. And even more importantly, we're also forgetting that you can play this game with one hand. With the Joy-Con switch yeah. in one hand, and it allows for the first time ever two-player co-op in a Pokemon game. You can jump in, couch which co-op. Looks which, amazing. It's incredible. Yeah, looks amazing. Looks amazing. And and you know, you know, you know that we're both gonna fall for this. That Pokeball looks awesome. It looks so cool. Like so, it looks so cool. I mean, it, you can pretty you can practically hold the Pokeball and use it as a controller. <laughs> I mean, it is a controller. <laughs> Yeah, it is a controller, and I thought it was so cool. I, I thought it was great. I love how Echo in the background is like, I can, I want to hear you. I want to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear I'm you. Not, I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure <laughs> what what's going on with Echo, but um, she's oh my god, <laughs> she's acting up. She's listen, she's listening. What? What is she <laughs> saying? She she's listening at all times. Well, you know, Amazon got caught like. Like well, not not Amazon got caught, but there was news reports of an yeah. Echo recording yeah. somebody's conversation but, but and sending it some random content. Um, she did. I don't even want to say her name because it'll probably yeah. create more issues. But apparently, she did the same exact thing um, that just happened right now, which is she heard her name being said in the background. Then it was just like a a, a train of mistakes. And then she heard her saying <laughs> "call," and then she heard a specific name, and then she heard the say "yes." And so, yeah, I ended up recording the whole thing. What? But uh, no, it wasn't on purpose or anything like that at least i hope not because if it is my god alexa has uh, I, I mean i'm never running for office that's she, for sure she 
she who she who must not be named no, from now on. No. no. Um but yeah, honestly, like Pokemon, I'm I'm super excited. I think this is excellent. Um and you're right. The fact that you can co-op is insane. Cuz I mean, people are going to want to buy the game anyways, but now the fact that your friends are going to like bully you into it cuz they will. Uh it's great. You know, like now you're just going to be like, "Yeah, dude, you should definitely get this." You know, because that way you have your Pokemon and all that stuff. And then you can just sit in the couch and you don't, you can just play out of one system, out of one console, just bam. Now, let's talk and about the implications of what this means for the DS, though, right? Up until this point, the DS has been the exclusive place where you could play the main core series. And they still are going to have their own core series releasing on there. I forgot what the title of those are, are called. Um, but do you think this is going to diminish oh, yeah. the DS sales moving forward? Ah, look, every time a company comes out with a a better console, or a, not a better console, because it is arguable. I mean, there are people who do like the 3DS. Um, but when you have a flagship console like the Switch, especially the way the Switch came out, because the Switch came out swinging hard. I mean, it wasn't like it came out and like it kind of made some waves. No, no, that shit came out and like it, it made a lot of waves. It's... It's bound to happen where it's going to steal some of the market share from the from the smaller consoles or from the the lesser console. Did I expect it? Yes. I, I in fact I, I wouldn't be surprised if like three years from now, if the Switch is still like the first gen Switch and they don't have a second gen Switch out, um, I wouldn't be surprised if the 3DS was kind of like fading out. Um, more and more, they're going to start expanding and using the the capacity and the capabilities of the Switch. And I think the 3DS might just fade out. But that's my thought. I know a lot of people who like the 3DS, I, they might not like it. I mean, it, it's not even about power at this point because look at the Nintendo, the the Super Nintendos are selling like crazy. Yeah. You know, so but in, in I don't reality, know. what I could function, be, I, I could be really wrong. You, we both could be. Obviously, we're speculating. But what real function does that have over the Switch now? Right. So it, it was always its portability before, but the Switch is extremely portable. Yeah, I mean, the battery life may not last as long as the DS does, but. Now, if you're incorporating the same games that you're able to incorporate over there with more functionality and you can place it on your TV whenever you want, I just don't see any reason why if you go to GameStop or you go to Walmart or wherever it is that, uh, you know, these places are scamming you to buy consoles for your kids, you you stop (laughs) by and you say, you know what, I could spend $150 on this DS or $200 on this 3DS or I can spend $299 and get my kid this Switch or get myself this switch just it seems like a very they, simple upgrade i'm with you and, and i and i completely agree with you i think that the fact is that the more of the 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 switch has made such an impact in the market for nintendo that people might be willing to pay that premium rather than just say i'm settling for the the 3ds um whether it whether people it'll stick or not i mean i don't i don't know a lot of people remember when the not the i can't even i can't even remember what it's called but it's like the 3ds light it's like 2d the the yeah. you know what i'm talking about yeah. it's like the the cheaper version um that 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 got that got some traction too and that was even cheaper than 3ds so maybe the 3ds gets faded out because it's in the middle you know and people just kind of push to the lower one and i don't know man honestly you and I know very well that Nintendo is 
how can I say not you it's not spontaneous, but they're very you can't tell what they're going to do. And you can't tell that what they're gonna do is actually gonna hit is gonna hit hard or not, but they make the weirdest I mean, come on, dude. Labo the card or labor or whatever. Stuff. Yeah, it's weird. And even then when it got released, people were like going crazy over it. And I'm like, seriously? But regardless, the one thing we are sure of is that they are absolutely dominating the handheld market at this point. And it, oh, they look yeah, like they're going sure. to continue to for the foreseeable future. So, I mean, as gamers, though, we're very lucky to be living in, for the most part, what seems like a renaissance of gaming, right? There, it was very rare. I mean, people will probably say this about TV as well uh, because, you know, there's like hundreds of shows. But r- there's never been a point in history where you've legitimately had three consoles. Uh, unfortunately, the Xbox probably the weakest out of the three. But three separate consoles that all have, you know, exclusive titles that, that all have their own strengths and weaknesses that are all legitimate contenders for your time and your money. And if you're lucky enough or nerdy enough like you and I are, you can own all three or all four or whatever and, and really enjoy the riches of that. I'm with you. And to be clear, the Xbox has an excellent console. Yes. I mean, we, we Xbox, what's killing Xbox is not Xbox. It's Microsoft. Yeah. That's what's killing Xbox. Microsoft is strangling itself with the fact that it just will not release exclusives that have the punch that they need to fight against the exclusives that Sony has and Nintendo. And for whatever reason, Microsoft maybe, I don't know, maybe they're putting themselves thin by doing other things. I don't know. But if they actually came out with strong exclusives, the Xbox One X would technically be the biggest contender in the market because it's the most powerful console um, and it would have exclusives behind it. Unfortunately, it doesn't. And the Switch is the most underpowered console in the market. Like when you put them side by side, the PlayStation 4 Pro or even the PlayStation 4 Normal and the Xbox One S. Um, but games, look at it. games. That's games, the takeaway from games. this. It's, it's, at the end it's of the day, games. you can try to package your console as this home entertainment device, as this uh, you know Swiss Army knife that can do it all. But no one buys a console, or let me not say no one, that's putting a blanket over all gamers, but the vast majority not many. of gamers, yeah. yes, don't buy it for that. We buy it for the games. Yes, the UI, the user interface makes a difference. Yes, the hardware, the specs underneath the hood makes a difference. But just like when you buy a car or anything else, if if it doesn't, you know, if there if the inside <laughs> is is not nice, if there if if you can't go anywhere with it, what's the point? And then it's just sitting there yeah. and it's pretty. And believe me, my Xbox has been sitting there looking pretty while my beat up uh, PS4 has been <laughs> used much more often recently. So games are what's important and Nintendo releasing this Pokemon on the Switch, especially after there's been a little bit of a, of a gap in terms of exclusives mm-hmm. for them. Um, it's, it's, it's a brilliant move on their part. So I, I think that's going to keep the Switch in the running for the best selling console at least, you know, another year. So let's see what happens. I'm with you. I'm with you. And I think it will definitely be a 2018 contender. Um, we can bet that. Nintendo's going to hit hard with it and they're going to push it. They're already started marketing right now. It's we're recording May 30th. So that's a long time ahead. And I can promise you they're going to take every single step of the way. It's going to be a strategic point. And when Pokemon releases in November, it's going to be mayhem. I mean, to slowly start cutting this off, but do you remember when Pokemon Go came out? It, it literally crashed the app store. Yeah. 
when Pokemon Go came out, it cracked. They had to release it in by regions. I think it was it was ridiculous. Um, so God knows how this is going to affect um, the eShop if you plan on buying it digitally. Um, hopefully, they do like a pre a pre download. Uh, anything else on this before we move on to? I know you're a huge fan of Fallout. I know a lot of people listening to this podcast are a huge fan of Fallout. So we let's you you okay with uh, shifting gears here before? Yes. We talk about that. Yes, let's definitely nice. talk about Fallout. Fallout Bethesda had what seems to be like a pre E3 kind of like you know like teaser for everyone. Yeah, like, they hey, had we're a live tell stream you guys. Up. Yeah, and with that we got uh, Fallout. 76 now i'm not one for fallout lore i i i don't i'm not i don't dive deep into it enough but i've seen enough videos and i know that fallout 76 makes reference to a vault that is referenced throughout the series i mean we're talking like there are multiple games that make yes. reference to this vault is this, is this correct that is correct and fallout 3 you can actually find it in the Citadel. It's a it's a console that references all the vaults throughout the U.S. or at least throughout the Eastern Coast, and one of them is Fallout is Vault seventy six in Virginia. And the trailer does the the song that's playing in the trailer does reference West Virginia, so most people are assuming that's where it takes place. Which, by the way, Bethesda, if you're listening in, I just want to say stop discriminating against the bottom half of the East Coast. Florida can be pretty nice. Yeah, a lot know. of swampland down here. No, I know you did that for one of your expansions, but geez, it doesn't all have to be in the Northeast. Can you imagine, like you, you know, you walk out of a vault and it's just like swampland, and you're, you're like, "Fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> you're like, where do I go? Swampland and Cuban cigars. I mean, if you really put about it, you know, if you really think about it, um, you've got swampland, nuclear fallout. I sw- you know, you got alligator people now. This is that would be super you. cool. That would be very cool. Instead of the you know those crab thingies that are impossible to kill uh, from Fallout Four, you know now you, now you're, we're talking uh, uh, alligator people with guns and yeah. <laughs> and cigars. <laughs> it's a very it's a, it's a very fucked up world, you know. But hey, you know what? Um, but this is, the trailer was well the teaser because this was a teaser. Yeah, there I mean, wasn't it was like, much to see in it. It wasn't much. Um, it was cool though. I mean, we got a look inside what we presume to be vault 76 yes. right like we, it seems to be like that um it seems to be like a party going on everything like almost like a celebration they called it oh what did they call it there was a there was a banner inside the lobby at the end of the uh of the trailer i cannot remember what it Day. said that's exactly it that is exactly it yeah yeah no, so it's, it's very cool. interesting i mean all we know as of right now and this is just a rumor it's a reportedly an online survival RPG. We do know for sure that it's coming out on all three consoles. Um, whether Switch later in the future, not sure, but we know because uh, it's already up for pre-order on Amazon that it's coming out for Xbox One, for PS4, and for the PC. But despite it being a survival-based uh, online multiplayer game, supposedly it's also still going to have very strong RPG elements, which I don't see how you can make a Fallout game without it. So it will still have quests. It will still have a storyline, base building. Um, I'm really curious to see whether they can incorporate that with the multiplayer components that they want to in a way that's effective. Because uh, my first instinct 
is to because of the success of all you know of Fortnite and all and all the recent battle arena games to say okay <laughs> is this them cashing in on this multiplayer craze that's going on right now i really hope they're not selling out but this game has been in development for a while now even before the explosion of all these recent multiplayer games so i want to give bethesda the benefit of the doubt and hope that Maybe this is that first RPG that finally hits a sweet spot between that uh, that multiplayer component that allows you to play with friends and still incorporating that RPG element, you know, and it, that you said wasn't handled so great in Elder Scrolls Online. I think the RPG was handled just fine, but it was more of like an MMO. My look when I went into Elder Scrolls Online, maybe naively or with ignorance i was expecting a skyrim uh like like a fallout you know how skyrim is like fallout's brother you know like one's fantasy the one's like sci-fi um i was expecting something like that where like you know you physically aim you look you walk the world um it was more along those lines but the elder scrolls is really more of like a click what you know like you select where the person wants to go and then you click on an enemy and the the character attacks the enemy um and honestly that doesn't really that's not what i wanted from the game i wanted just like a like a skyrim where there were npcs and people in the world you know um which i'm hoping that's where fallout uh 76 falls because that would be really cool if you know you walk out of a vault and you've got like random people you know running around um doing their thing now whether they have uh like a pvp element to it that's gonna be tough uh, my guess is that maybe they can have um, kind of like what RuneScape does, where you have like an area where yeah. it's PvP. Doesn't so like when you areas. walk into it, yeah, you maybe you have like a high loot reward system, or actually uh, the one I mean in a more modern time, like what the division did, where you have areas with high loot where you can go in and fight people. You know, that could create some issues though, um, because then you'll have those people who either cheat their way through it. And they get like these insane numbers, like level, high, you know, high levels, and and then it just becomes like a, a place where you just can't even go. So I don't know how Bethesda is gonna gonna fix that or how they're gonna take it. We don't really know how this online is going to work. But I'm with you. They need to keep the way fall. They need to keep the essence of what Fallout is. So the way Fallout has been up until now, I hope 76 follows that with the online portion being uh, supplemental to it. Not yes. necessarily. Not the other way. Not around. necessarily Fallout. Be exactly. Not necessarily Fallout being catered, like changed and modified to accommodate players who are only expecting an online, uh, an online game, because that just sucks. Which is also um, why I hope that the instances in which you play, the servers are are small and they're contained. Right. I'm not. I mean, I don't know how many players will be able to play in one, but one of the great things about that that world that sandbox like we were talking about before is that you can really affect it right if you kill the town when you come back to that town everyone in that town is dead right they don't just <laughs> respawn you i mean yeah you're a murderer you're a sociopath that's all good it's a video game though and, Man then, and some, <laughs> some of us have to have to <laughs> let out our frustration somehow right um but it one of the things these prices are just so damn high. Yeah, right. 
See, one of the things that I'm sure is frustrating in Elder Scrolls is you'll you'll go by a whole area, right? You're on your way to a dungeon. You pass by a whole area. You wipe out a whole crowd of enemies. You go into that dungeon. You it, that dungeon is probably an instance, so you're probably gonna wipe out everything, right? You'll be on your own or with a group of people. You come back out of the dungeon, and when you walk out, oh look, all those enemies that you slaughtered on your way in yeah. are just sitting out there waiting for you, and you have to yeah. redo all that all over again. So I'm hoping there's yeah. a little bit more permanence to what you do in the world than that. Um, which I think State of Decay 2, the recent Xbox exclusive that just came out, may be a good example of how online co-op should um, should work or operate, which is obviously much larger in scale, I think, what this Fallout 76 will be. But I'm hoping that that permanence is what they end up sticking with. I, I, completely, I, I completely agree with you. And I think that if if they stick to the Fallout formula, and they add either co-op or they add some sort of instance, a server, no more than 10 people, period. I think it would be something viable. Now, how that how they plan on having that influence the player, like, because when you really think about it, having an online server where you're playing Fallout, right? Let's say, let's assume Fallout 4. Let's visualize Fallout 4. But instead of, uh, it being single player, you have like some sort of like people just jumping in, you know, like a server. Um, how would that change the game? Because if they can't attack you, let's say there's like no, let's say you can only do PvP, right? Like in certain areas. If they can't attack you, then you're pretty much just going to rob somebody and be like, hey, what's up? You know, like what, what's, what is their, what's the kind of interaction that they want to have amongst players? And my worry with that is that if, if what they're aiming for is what I'm thinking, then they might actually be pushing a little more MMO than what we're used to with Fallout, right. you know? And that's my worry. Because my, my thought is they might actually just push like the 100 world server or like 50 people server. Um, and then you've got like hubs and people are like just running into hubs and it just becomes like this like RuneScape-ish, you know, people are just running in and out. You're just leveling up. And then, I don't know, it loses the Fallout essence. Like I've told you, one of the things that I don't find interesting about fallout is what i think is its strength because i don't have to like it to appreciate the fact that people do appreciate it and it's the fact that fallout's a lonely game you know like when you play fallout like you said it you can wipe out an entire uh, town and that's it you've you've wiped them out they're gone so it's a lonely game in that sense like you're playing and and i don't necessarily find it that that uh how can i say uh it's not it doesn't yeah, but I do appreciate people who do right. like that. So I, I can definitely see people who want that, and I don't want them to lose this. No, it's that, I don't it's want them that to idea that of in venturing game. into the post-apocalyptic wasteland, yeah, right on your own, with or with or, yeah, with a dog or with one companion, and mm-hmm. and discovering, uh, you know, places with loot, discovering enemies, and I mean, if yeah. you're really hardcore, you do the survival mode, which um, is, I guess may be what they're trying to do with this game, a, a little bit heavier on the the food and the water and the avoiding radiation the, the good sign though right off the bat is that it does not seem to be unless amazon is jumping the gun it does not seem to be a freemium game right so one of the like fortnite where you jump in and then there's microtransactions because yeah. that would strongly indicate okay this is most likely not going to be what we think if it's a 60 dollars game then that most likely means that there's going to be enough content on there to start off um 
for them to warrant it because Bethesda would not charge $60 for a game like Fortnite where it's just a, this little wasteland map that yeah. you go around with other players and there's not much, you know, there's just one mode that you can do or, or a few game modes. They, they just would not do that. I have too much trust and faith in them based on what they've done in the past to believe that that's what they're doing. That's an excellent point because we are talking about Bethesda. We're not talking about EA or Ubisoft. Um, we're talking about a we're talking about a company that has the trust of the gamers behind it. Um, every time they release a game, it's been a full game, it's been a completed game, and it's been a game that does not require a, additional purchases to enjoy. Yep. I think that with those requ- with those requirements met, you pretty much win over the gamers. Uh, in general. So I think Bethesda has that. I remember during, um, what, when was it? I think it was, I forgot what uh, what gaming um, conference or whatever was going on that they released the commercial that it was the single player, like it was a single player commercial and it was just them like pretty much dissing on all of the companies that are forcing multiplayer you know, kind of like saying like we're, st- we're still, st- we're, we, we stick with the single players. You I know, actually like, haven't seen players. that yet. You haven't seen it? It's hilarious. Um, it, it's like one of these like sad commercials where it's like the single players are dying out, you know, and uh, they're like trying to like save them because obviously Bethesda they does really push are. single player a they lot. They really are those. Yeah. Them and CD Projekt Red. I mean, after BioWare oh, yeah, I mean, was was bought out by EA, they've pretty much sold out. Let's not even talk about that. And we know uh, what what's going on with Anthem, which is strongly multiplayer based. You know, and what they, is going on with Anthem, huh? What is going on? Because oh nobody gosh. knows what's going on with Anthem. They're losing their writer. They lost their writer. They lost. I mean, it, it, it just seems like what we what we were all hoping wouldn't happen is happening. Like we were all hoping, oh, let's let let this go like without without hitch, no problem. Just have the game released, and everything that we said we hoped would ha- would not happen has happened. Yep. That, so, that, that's a whole episode in and of itself. I'll just oh, say absolutely. I'll just say this in the meantime. When Andromeda's trailers were coming out, we were talking a lot about how great it looked. <sighs> and Anthem in that very guided gameplay demo, sure, it looked great. But yeah, I have absolutely zero trust in them up to this point. So although I am very curious to see what they show us at E3, um, at this point, I'm just going to assume that it's going to be a, a mediocre to good game. I'm not going to assume that it's going to be as transcendent as you know some of their earlier titles were. Yeah, it's funny, uh, and I'll, I'll leave this because we're closing up soon. Uh, I don't want to keep you guys. I'm, I'm trying to keep these episodes to an hour, so that's that's my goal. Um, but it's funny because when you really look at it, it it's not a it's not a I don't want to generalize. There are games that have had. Uh, very bad development um, times and have come out and have hit the market hard and have been very popular. But when you see these games having such tension and conflict in in the development stage, it's not a good sign. At least I don't see it as a good sign. Um, People are focusing less on the quality of the game and less on, you know, what the game's about and more on just the office politics and uh, or the, the actual politics that goes on to build a game. And that that I think that sucks. So um, I hope that they get their shit together because the game looks the game looks good. It looks like a fun game. Um, I just I'm not gonna I'm not keeping my fingers crossed. I'm not holding my breath. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, all right. I th- think if you don't I, actually, I want to bring up one last thing. It has nothing. It's not anything news wise. I just want to let the audience know that you have joined. Kind of, sort of, the PC Master Race in some way. You got yourself a new laptop. 
You got yourself a new laptop, and and, and I'm I'm excited for it. I'm really excited. I think that uh, hopefully maybe I can get you to play some PC games. We'll see. We'll see. My significant other. Um, did not let me go full tilt into the PC Master Race. She did not let me get something with a real souped-up GPU um, because most of the laptops that come with that are a little bit, you know, they're 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 not as professional looking, and and the, I'm putting that in air quotes as as she would like. So um, I I found a compromise between the two. I have a new Lenovo that's got a GTX 1050 on it. It's not really that powerful, but it's enough to play some games. You know, even the newest games on medium settings, stuff like that. So yeah, I do intend Absolutely, to uh, man. to jump yeah. in there with you and and take my my gaming on the road. By the way, keep in mind that uh, if you have uh, Sea of Thieves on Xbox, you have it on your PC too, yes. so you can play it on your laptop. I know you keep yeah. reminding me. It's what I mean. It's just it's one of the. Let me tell you, I, I throw Microsoft a lot of dirt because I think that they need to get their shit together. But one thing that I really appreciate is the whole play anywhere. I love that. I think it's fantastic. Uh, the fact that you can buy an Xbox game and play it on your PC. Uh, that's just and you don't have to pay it twice. I, I think that's great. Uh, <clears throat> I'm listening to. I'm looking at you, Bungie. Ugh, I have to buy <laughs> Destiny twice. I'm not even playing it on PlayStation anymore. The PC version is way superior. Um, but yeah, Justin, I'm really excited for you. I know you're dying to open it up. I know you're like, oh, I, I just want to play with it. I just got it. I just um, got it. Thank you for being here. You'll be joining us next week too, right? You're, you're, we're going to yes, try I and will. make this a regular. I'll be joining you for the foreseeable future for, for sure. Nice, nice. Now I'm going to, this is a little, a uh, little, uh, tidbit for the audience here. I am going to change the weekly up, up, upload time from Monday to thursday so we're going to be recording on wednesday and to give myself some time because god knows that life throws shit at you and your schedule's all over the place and you guys know that i've missed a whole bunch of deadlines um i'm going to give myself the night to just edit and make sure that you guys get a proper quality episode so you guys will be getting these episodes on thursday and every now and then i promise you guys i'll be throwing in mini episodes i'll be doing mini episodes they'll be just like 15 minute episodes of just me ranting of something that i need to get off my chest so those will be happening as well but for now our weekly episode with justin and any foreseeable guests will be on thursday um and i'm gonna try and keep them at 10 30 in the morning but anything else also i received everyone's um, comments and stuff like that on YouTube. I received everyone's comments on Twitter. Um, keep on having them. I'm going to release the game that I will be giving away for June. I would say, let's say, let, let's let you know what I'll be saying the game that I'm releasing the week of E3. I like that. So the the the, the episode of E so the episode after E3, I will be releasing uh, the game that I've decided to give away. Uh, based on everyone's recommendations. So that's pretty much it. Justin, thank you so much for being here. Go, shoot it out. Go watch Star Wars Solo. Yes, it is being (laughs) shitted on. Yes, it It is. is. It is probably the weakest entry so far, but it is not a bad movie. I know a lot of people are a little burnt out on the Star Wars movies over the last couple of years, but hey, we all go watch two or three Marvel movies every year. Don't hate on Star Wars, all right? You'll still have a good time. You'll still laugh a little bit. You'll still have fun. I want there to be a sequel, and there's not enough people watching it. So go out, bring your friends, bring your family, and check it out. Um, it's it's a decent movie. It's a not pretty good, pretty good. Eight out of ten. Seven point five. Eight. I can't decide. Just go watch. Yeah, it. it's it, it's getting a lot of hate, but you know what? I'll take your word for it, and I'm definitely gonna give it a watch. And I have to watch Deadpool too. 
So yes. I've got to do Deadpool 2 too. So guys, thank you so much for listening. Again, anything you want to say, comments, recommendations, leave them. Uh, don't try to leave them on iTunes because I really can't get comments on that. Like we, I got to get like a gazillion comments before they even start showing up. So iTunes is not very recommendable for leaving comments, but do rate it there. That's important. But Podbean, YouTube, uh, if you want to leave me a comment on Twitter, anything, any other way that you can get to me, uh, just leave it there. Justin, uh, do, do you want any handles, any out there, any any uh, shout outs so people can contact you for them to yell at you for your comments? Because oh, just Snoke24 everywhere I am, I'm at. That's it. Snoke24. So you can find Justin at Snoke24 on everywhere he's at. Uh, I'll, obviously, guys, I have it all in the description of the show notes below. So you guys can go there. I am Roadster, Mondo, and thank you for listening. I'll catch you guys next week. Peace. Bye.